Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by Johnsonville Foods, Swine Robotics, SwineWeb.com, and Innovative Heating, the manufacturers of Hog Hearth. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name's Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about modernizing the way we learn with Jim Eady. How are you doing today, Jim? Great, Matthew. The fall foliage and the pumpkins are here. What about you? <laughs> we're getting there. It's It's been pretty good weather for October. Last year, we had snow by this point. So to be in the 60s still is kind of a blessing. It's just around the corner. It is. I know. I'm a spring and summer person, I'm not as much of a fall winter. So we're hopping into that time of year with... Uh, I guess to hop into things, though, can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you got involved with the swine industry? Yeah, 2003, I uh, graduated from college and I worked for a dot-com company in agriculture. At that time, I was a sponge really learning about how the industry was going. Digital was becoming uh, kind of a novel concept at that time. So I started a media business for this dot-com agriculture business. Uh, at that time, made connections in the swine industry, met Jim Long, had some discussions about, you know, launching a swine industry website, because at that time, there was nothing in the US or North American market, print was king. And uh, after some planning and deliberation, Jim Long mentioned he would switch his commentary to swineweb.com if we got that business started and, and we rolled with it from there. So what were the, some of the challenges of getting started? It's just uh, being known in the industry. So in the swine industry in the U.S., there, there was a lot of key publications that have been around for a long time. So getting a kind of a foothold in that industry, building connections, building in the trust was a challenge. But the persistency was to put together a good product and really looking at the marketplace of how modern the web has been to get information. The vision 100% was how can I use a website to get key information to the industry faster and more efficient? And that was the goal from, from day one, leveraging, building an email list, building a social media following, and then just presenting that information in a timely manner. Because when I read the notes in the news in a magazine every month, most of that was behind the times, and we just wanted to use a concept to bring that quicker to, to producers, and then building that content built the trust with uh, with potential customers. Gotcha. So when when you were getting started, were there any points where you were like, "Oh my goodness, this is working," or this this is that moment? What what was that moment for you? I there was a couple moments. One, we got a couple of clients early on. So we just ran with it. We started swineweb.com. Uh, no venture capitalism, nothing except launching the website and running hard with it. So getting our first client, uh, which was part of Alliance Genetics Canada at that time, and then just a couple of years into it, as we saw the revenues grow, 
And just hearing feedback from people saying, hey, I want to be on this website, because at that time, print was popular. People wanted their ad in a magazine, so they would be shown in that publication. And that was the feedback we were getting on SwineWeb. And then going to some of the shows uh, in 2015, went to the World Pork Expo, met with a company called FeedLogic, and getting that feedback saying, if you're here, we know you're legitimate. So some of that early growth really prompted the acceleration to seeing that a model like this would work. And I think it worked because it was the right timing for the industry. And we had good content and we had a good business plan to build a base of of succession. Gotcha. And I guess over the last few years, too, we've seen a major shift towards digital, haven't we? Yeah. To be honest, I found within the first five years, there was a high acceleration because it was a very novel concept with digital. So we saw a lot of growth early on. And then a couple years ago, there was a small plateau. I'm not sure if it was just the novel novelty wore off with digital, but predominantly during COVID, I felt like there was another resurgence because people weren't going face to face. Uh, The national hog farmer shut down their print publication So for a long time, I saw the vision of SwineWeb is where people go to get information. If you have a new product, a commentary, anything that you need to get out there, we get it online within an hour. We get it in our newsletter. We get it on social channels. That's what I was, was preaching and promoting, just that connectivity. And with COVID and the National Hog Farmer shutting down, it opened up some eyes to people to to look at how we communicate with our industry. And and that that was kind of a green light and acceleration. And there's also been a lot of companies like yourself, Every Pig, Barn Tools, that with connectivity and barns being at a high level, that you guys have found your footprint. And with some of those combinations and factors together, I think people see kind of our vision from the beginning is if you need to communicate with the industry, you can do that through SwineWeb because the World Pork Expo is an event that happens to two or it's a three-day event every year. But on SwineWeb, you have a chance to connect 365 days of the year to communicate a message, build a brand, or tell a story. So I think with the pandemic, virtual meetings, people really looking at how producers are getting information, it kind of opened up some eyes to say that this is a good platform. And you really built SwineWeb also to be a platform for podcasts. I mean, we're on one right now and you have a, a slew of podcasts on your guys' website. You have pretty much have a new episode from some podcast every single day. What what has that journey been like with, with podcasting being so much more popular since 2019? Before 2019, I think SwineCast had the market and then... Um, in 2019, it seemed like there was a bunch of different podcasts popping up. There's the Swine It, which is a very technical series, and it's become popular. You've got a great podcast. And then with COVID, everybody started launching a podcast. So when we looked at swineweb.com, we started our own podcast, but it was not the focal point of our business because our business is providing information to the entire industry as a one-stop shop. So with, with those opportunities, we decided to have a podcast page where we would host our podcast and then a bunch of other podcasts. Because 
if you're in the swine industry, you're on swine web and through our podcast page, you can listen to every podcast in the industry or get a direction on how to find them on Spotify. So I think the journey has been exciting because when you talk about breaking news or storytelling, anybody can do that through a podcast and we all have the ability to do that. So we want to continue to morph with where the technology is going and how people are getting information and simply providing a high level of choices to get that information. Your podcast is incredible for storytelling. And, and then there's the technical podcast. There's, there's podcasts from the University of Illinois, the Barn Talk from Torque Whistler, which is unique because it's a pork producer producing that information. So whenever we identify the trends, we want to add that to SwineWeb to continue to build that as a resource for customers. So how can industry and companies leverage digital technologies or a platform like SwineWeb? Well, I think, for instance, on the poultry side of things, we have a client on poultryproducer.com, Aviagen, and they have their whole staff signing up to get newsletter, get our newsletters and get the information. I think it's creating a culture within an organization or through the industry to look at these platforms that are helping get information out there to users. So I think it's from that level as a culture and then looking at something as a management tool, because we're always looking at how do we manage our operation? How do we manage our business easier? So looking at it as an opportunity and trying to leverage space within that opportunity. So could you talk about how to tell a story? and the evolution of what that's looked like? So telling a story is something that happens continuously. And I think that's sometimes, it's not forgotten, but it's it's kind of what I've realized and what I'm talking to customers, because what your story is today, it's different in three months and six months and a year. And your story will continue to evolve as you add products or your company evolves. So it's looking at a strategy to say, whether it's going to a trade show, going to a print magazine or leveraging a a website like SwineWeb, it's you have all of the tools in front of you through audio, podcasts, videos, or article submissions to tell a story and build a brand. So I think you have to strategically look at these things and say, if we have this product on SwineWeb, it'll get in their newsletter, it'll get on their channels, it'll get on their Twitter. And then what's the next step to build that story? Maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's a video. So it's a continuous effort to, to, to use these platforms to build a story using multiple channels to do that. We're also very flexible and agile with our content. We have pork producer blogs. Um, We have different commentaries from people in the industry, like Dennis Smith from Archer Financial, different vets. So it's leveraging that platform in different ways. Um, And I mean, in a lot of ways, it's understanding the platform itself. I mean, if I'm a company and I have something new, I'm probably coming on to Popular Pig to talk about how I came up with it, the story of creating it, and where I am today. And I'm probably hopping on Swine It or another podcast to talk about the deep science 
that underlies that technology. And maybe there's another one that's talking about, about something else. That every podcast has to have a focus. And if you can break up your story or break up, break up what you're trying to accomplish to, to leverage the multiple podcasts out there, you can really drive a, a very well-crafted message to the industry in a, in a way that's very low cost, if any cost at all. Right. I mean, it just takes preparation to make sure you know what you want to say and, and what you're trying to do. It just takes the time to plan it out because a lot of the pl- podcast platforms are free. As you know, there's different different platforms like Anchor. And it's just identifying what's different because I see companies creating podcasts, but sometimes I feel like they need to find an edge that's going to make people tune in. It's like the news. If you watch the news every day, um, the news is different, right? And so I feel like in the swine industry, there's still opportunities to, to do something different with what's happening. What's the weekly roundup? What's, what's going on? Talking to a producer, what's the weekly roundup? Um, rather than a company just producing a podcast to talk about their products, so, and I feel like that, that's the opportunity that we have. And that's the opportunity that you have with your podcast and telling a story, because if somebody joins a popular pig podcast, like Seth last week from Tosh Farms, you know, that's part of telling the story of Tosh. And that goes on the popular pig podcast that goes on swineweb.com that goes in the swineweb.com newsletter. And there's a fluid approach that you can constantly use tools now to get out a story and, and talk about a message. And sometimes preparing the content is the fun part, I think, because I think you're a storyteller too, Matthew, and pr- producing the content and leveraging that platform is important. Do you think, do you think that people often underestimate the time and effort that goes into crafting a message? My interpretation is people are more focused on numbers that don't necessarily matter, like how many clicks did I get or how many views that did I get, rather than wh- how can I take the time to get to build a story and build a brand? Because with with SwineWeb, you know we're a gold sponsor at the World Pork Expo. Uh, we're doing the podcast with you for coverage. We're doing a, a, a an agreement with Integrity Builders. The tips brought to you by swineweb.com. We're working with Carthage on a podcast brought to you by swineweb.com. And the reason why we're doing it is because we're taking the time to to get swineweb in front of people everywhere and to build our brand instead of focusing on, did that get me a click or did that get me a sale? So I think sometimes in a business, people are focusing on different aspects of what's important instead of a strategy to say, we need to get this brand built and we need to use platforms to do that. And I think it will resonate success when I'm at the World Pork Expo because potentially we we're on Matthew's podcast, which was on SwineWeb, and we put a communications plan together where we're on SwineWeb four times. And I think it's putting the strategy together is is more of the the hiccup with with gotcha. companies that I see it might be in my, an incorrect assessment but I think it's more they're focusing on data than focusing on strategy. Gotcha. You know, I could definitely see that. And, and it kind of to move forward too into some of the 
the fun stuff here. What are some of the controversies or challenges that you faced along the way? Lot, lots of different uh, controversies. Some of the challenges being in Canada has been, uh, you know, if you're in Canada, you don't reach the U.S. pork producer, which is inaccurate. Um, 65% of our traffic's in the U.S. We have 25,000 email subscribers. 20,000 are in the U.S. Where we're located, to me, North America is one. And just because we weren't in the U.S., but I think people are seeing that now with COVID, if they work with us, they know stuff gets done fast, efficiently, and they know their customers use our site because we've had success. That, that's been a challenge. Covering stuff like the CFAP payment, uh, you know, we're just trying to cover what's going on out there. And sometimes organizations are upset if, you know, we're calling them out on, on that payment, but we're trying to help producers or we're trying to inform people with what's going on. Um, the other thing is what drives traffic is the Jim Long commentary. I talk to people every day and they love reading it. And that makes me happy because what we try to do on SwineWeb is provide a platform for everybody to get, have their voice heard. And, uh, but sometimes that creates controversy because, um, you know, if he says something, so there's issues about why aren't you <laughs> censoring it? It's like, I can't censor what somebody's writing in a commentary. I can just put a disclaimer on that. That's not necessarily our views, but I feel like people want entertainment and people want value. So there's been different controversies with Genesis competitors over swine web and they'll take it. They won't work with us because of that, even though, you know, looking at the positives of the users of swine web and all the content we're doing. So that that's been a challenge. It's hard to keep everybody happy. Um, in the early days, just convincing people that producers use the internet, I continue to hear that print is king. But when I see subscribers growing and I see trends changing, it was just continuing to confirm that this is a great management tool. Um, and then also continuing to just provide the value, staff changes with large companies, kind of reintroducing concepts to new people all the time is a challenge. And and uh, the database, building the database has been a challenge as well because of different rules and laws. But but we've got that figured out now with constant contact. So so that's been good. But it's been lots of ups and downs throughout the process. But the, the goal from day one has been to have a website with great content, great information. We realize we can't keep everybody happy. But we're we're just trying to perform and engage the industry with, with what's what's new and exciting every day. Yeah, no, that's a really good point with some of the controversy. And I mean, I think if people understood that if you start to limit who can go on something, well, you're going to limit potential interest and then you have less traffic. And then so while you're on there, you're happy you're on there because you're the grand boobah, but like you're not getting actual attention from anybody because nobody's coming to the site. I mean, any site that I typically see or news it, there's always controversy i mean espn might be one of the more successful it is the most successful in sports and there's always controversy always it's controversy breeds interest and interest is what leads to individuals reaching out to learn what you do and with espn it was kind of a thing in the beginning i used espn.com before we started swine web and when we started swine web that was the goal was because I could go on ESPN and get the scores and what's happening with the Lakers and all this great stuff. 
And that was the vision with Swineweb to get to that level. And then with controversy, Stephen A. Smith, you know, there's always controversy over what he says, but that's that's what makes people listen because you have a choice what you want to read. Uh, and we're trying to be a little more bold and we're trying to be a little more open-ended as a business instead of, you know, editing everything as it is. It's here, we've got the platform. The the Jim Long is one of the best, most popular red things on the website. So whatever he says doesn't affect anything. It doesn't affect the markets. It doesn't affect anything. It's an opinion. So it's one opinion out of 10 different commentaries on the website. And and we just want to be that voice and we want to be flexible to, to be able to maneuver and get stuff out there to people and not just you know, say you can only put up certain things. Absolutely. So, I mean, with that, what's next for Swine Web? Um, so we launched an ag tech page, which is important. Ag tech's becoming popular on an industry level. So in the swine industry, um, we thought having that page would be important. Uh that we've launched and enhanced our diverse podcast page, as we've talked about. Um, we're looking at different ways. Do we have a global page? Do we have a veterinarian page? Currently, we have a technical page, which is more for vets, but do we launch into the vet side of things? We want to focus on greater content, greater storytelling, and ways to communicate. Um, so as we talked about through audio podcasts, we launched swinetv.com which goes to our Swine TV page on SwineWeb, currently hosting more enhanced videos on what's happening in the pork industry. Maybe we leverage something like that. Maybe the podcast goes to a television uh, opportunity where we have like a 30-minute newscast of what's happening in the pork industry weekly or daily. So we're looking at ways to do that. We want to listen to what customers need and what producers need. Um, a lot of the feedback with our newsletter is I hear, I like getting it because I can browse the headlines and click on what I'm interested in. It's prompted me more to use the website as well. Um, and as I mentioned before, it's just continuing to position our brand because I see us as the World Pork Expo. We're that digital version. So the World Pork is that premier event that everybody attends. And we're trying to continue to get people to, to look at SwineWeb is this is a destination website that people want to attend every day and people make decisions and access content. So we want to continue to look at those tools to enhance the profile and then look at other technological ways to drive business. We looked at a website app, but I'm not sure if our SwineWeb news app is going to be powerful enough because they can go to the website but maybe there's another management app that we can leverage with more suppliers, virtual trade shows, things like that. So we're always trying to expand and improve. Oh, kind of like a never-ending trade show? Yeah. Initially, when we launched SwineWeb, we launched FarmerShowcase.com as a virtual trade show. So we were before our time with the virtual trade show, where on Farmer Showcase, you had product listings for every livestock category and crops. So with agriculture potentially so the goal with the farmer showcase was just go and access the products that are available 
So with a virtual trade show, the current virtual trade show format didn't work for people because the what a trade show is or was five years ago, it's all about face-to-face. So if you're going to come up with a virtual trade show component to a business, it has to be, it's different. So our philosophy would be listing all the suppliers through a format that they can connect with suppliers through that through that or listing the products. So making it that if you like the North American compendium labels for animal health, potentially something like that, that if you need a supplier, you need a feed price, you need to find someone local, you want to look at this product, having that kind of opportunity. So just in general, we're always forward thinking because how does that one stop news site continue to evolve because the moment you stay stagnant you get lost in the shuffle so we've got a bunch of things that we're working on from content development website apps things to continue to stay relevant but the consistency is a daily connection with the industry and having a community of people online accessing information as you know as as a kind of an avid listener here we usually ask somebody for a golden nugget. Before I ask for a golden nugget, what is something about Jim that most people that you don't work with know about you? I love waterfalls and hiking and photography. So we like to hit up hit up the trails. It's almost like a geographic. When you look at a map, I like to feel... When I look at a map, I like to say, hey, I covered this all of this ground. So we like to hike, challenge ourselves, do photography, and really like waterfalls and created a waterfall website in the province of Ontario, ontariowaterfalls.ca. And so it's kind of a hobby and a thing to get outdoors, get excited, build a, you know communication with the family and, and feel healthy and fit. So what's your favorite waterfall you've ever seen? Where was it? Not in Ontario. Uh, it would be probably in upstate New York, Ith- Ithaca area. It's okay. Tonahawk Falls, but I say it wrong every time. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's a different name, but Tonahawk Falls outside Ithaca, New York would be one of the best that uh, we've seen. We like the underrated falls because everybody knows about Niagara and some of the big the big waterfalls, but, but there's so many across the province into New York, even that it's just, just incredible. Have you ever been to Yosemite? No, I, I haven't been. Have you? Yeah, I've been there a couple of times. Um, it's pretty beautiful. They have a few good waterfalls there. You, you might like. So we'll call you the falls guy now, Matthew. Oh, yeah, I'm not a falls guy. I've been to like a few national parks. It <laughs> doesn't count. <laughs> well, they'll let us over the border now. So the border's been open for November. So we've got, uh, we'll add Yosemite to the list. New Hampshire, Vermont's great as well. And then there's a couple up in uh, outside Seattle and Portland area, which are a must. So what's a golden nugget from you then for the audience? What's a life lesson you'd like to share? Uh, Well, there's three things, persistency, consistency, and forward thinking. So I find with life in general, whether it's the business or personal or marriage or health and fitness, if you're persistent with things, it pays off. People appreciate that. And uh, you have to stay persistent. People don't come to you. You have to make it happen. 
consistency is key because we can't always every day, as you know, you can't have, you're not going to conquer Rome every day, but if you consistently put in the effort and every day and every week, you look back at things and say, okay, I made progress here, right? The traffic's up on the website. The email list is up. You know, I connected with this many customers the consistency is the key to success. It's not hitting a home run. It's kind of like in a marketing plan too. You can't do something and in a week it's going to work. You have to have that consistent approach. I find that's important and forward thinking. So you have to think outside the box all the time. Where are the trends going? Where are your customers going? And then what is the next trend and how can you stay on top of that? Because in the ag industry, podcasts are the next trend are the popular trend currently, but what's that next trend? So I think those three keys um, would, would showcase success for most people. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being a guest on the Popular Pig Podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you on and we really thank you for your time. You too, keep up the great work there, Matthew. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com.